Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. Our study of the Gospel of Mark is focusing on the busy, productive, and life-changing work of Jesus in action. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello there, friends, and welcome back to today's episode of Everyday Truths. As you know, we've started a brand new book of the Bible. Uh, we're in the book of Mark. I want to show you my coffee mug today. It is uh, very appropriate to the season. It's all about the Lord, all about Christ. It's got some songs on there. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art. Rock of ages, cleft for me. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. It's a great coffee mug, so thanks to whoever, whoever bought that for me. And but it'd be a great way just to take credit for these coffee mugs. I can't remember all of who gave me what mug, so if you want to take credit for any one of them, have at it. But uh, enjoy the, the coffee that goes in them. We are in Mark chapter 1. Yesterday, I gave a, just a little bit of a background of the gospel of Mark, a little bit of a background of... Mark himself, or John Mark, as he's sometimes called in the Bible. But today I want to jump right into uh, the scripture itself. So Mark chapter 1, and to look at verse 1, where the Bible says, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. What an auspicious beginning to the book. So this book will be all about the message of Christ. This book will be all about the person and work of Jesus Christ. I can think of no better subject matter than that. It's a view of Jesus, as we said yesterday. Now, it's interesting because the book of Matthew starts with a genealogy, and it shows the genealogy of Jesus through his foster father, Joseph, showing the kingly line through Solomon back to David. In Luke, the genealogy goes all the way back to Adam. Why? Because in Luke, we see the humanity of the Lord. That's why the genealogy in Luke chapter 3 goes through Jesus' mother, Mary. Why? Because that's his human side. Remember, Jesus is all God, all man. That We call that the hypostatic union, all God, all man. And so in Matthew, we see his kingship. In Luke, we see his humanity. And then, of course, in John, we see his deity. In the beginning was the word, uh, the logos, the, the expression of God upon earth. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. So in all three of the other gospels, there's some kind of a genealogy given, whether it, it affirms his deity or affirms his humanity or affirms his royalty. It's a genealogy that is given. But in Mark, there's no, no genealogy. Now, why? Well, some have said because Mark presents Jesus as a servant. And a servant really doesn't have a pedigree. Servant doesn't really have a genealogy. He just is who he is. 
And I love that about Mark is we see the humility, don't we? The humility of Jesus. And so the Bible starts with just this kind of abrupt, the, the book of Mark starts with this abrupt beginning, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It begins with his public ministry, and make no mistake about it, the public ministry of Jesus is all about the gospel. So what is the gospel? The gospel is the good news about Jesus. Properly defined, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the gospel is the good news that Jesus died for us, he was buried, and that he rose again. So this is the beginning of the gospel, the beginning of that story of the good news, the fact that Jesus lived this perfect life, that he ministered for these three years of public ministry, that he did end up dying for our sins and rising again. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus so when I say the word Jesus, that ought to stick in your mind as that's his human name. So you think about Jesus, that's his name as a human being, Jesus Christ. So Christ is not a name as much as it is a title. So Jesus Christ, or we would say today, Jesus the Christ. Christ is the New Testament counterpart to the Old Testament word Messiah. So Jesus the Messiah, Jesus, the chosen one. That's it. So Jesus Christ. So this is the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the son of God. So there's his deity. And when we say son of God, uh, people would understand that son of God and the Jewish understanding, that would be an, an equality with God, not just the son of God, but God, the son, his deity. So this is about Jesus Christ. And we're going to jump right into his public ministry. So all those early years that we read about, for instance, in Matthew chapter one or in Matthew chapter two with the wise men or Luke chapter one with the announcements to Zechariah and then to uh, Mary or Luke chapter two, Bethlehem and those early days. No, none of that is mentioned in Mark. No, we jump right to the public ministry of Jesus Christ as it's inaugurated. So look at verse two of Mark chapter one, where the Bible says, as it is written in the prophets, behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before me. And then verse three is also a quotation from the Old Testament. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. So in the Jewish way of thinking, both of these passages were clearly messianic passages, and both of them were predictions of the one that would come and be the forerunner of Messiah. So in verse two, that's a quotation from Malachi chapter three, that God would send forth a messenger that would prepare the way of the messenger of the covenant. So who is the messenger of the covenant? Jesus. Who is the messenger to prepare the way? Elijah, or here, John the Baptist, who is coming in the spirit and the power of Elijah. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 40 and verse three, that's verse three of Mark chapter one, another great messianic passage that there will be a forerunner that will come and prepare the way of the Lord to make his paths straight. Look, look at it again, verse number three. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, 
Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Remember that passage there in the book of Matthew, uh, where it talked about how John the Baptist's ministry would be one of uh, every mountain shall be made low, every valley shall be raised, the crooked shall be made straight, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Now, all of that is hyperbole language for the fact that when royalty comes to town, then we need to make a grand entrance for him. That's why in the Roman construction, uh, when they would build a new city, there was always much attention given to that main cardo, that main road, uh, wide and flat, no, no speed bumps, no, no potholes, uh, no curves, uh, wide and straight. Why? So that when the king auspiciously could come into town, there would be great pomp and circumstance as he walked down that colonnade. So, so it is here. The Bible says, in the coming of Messiah, make his paths straight, uh, fill in the potholes, uh, bring down the high spots, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Now, did that physically happen? Was John a road construction worker? Uh, was the ministry of John the Baptist uh, uh, part of the, uh, we, we called it PennDOT back in uh, in Pennsylvania, the Pennsylvania Department of Transportation? Is he out there filling in potholes with asphalt? Of course not. It's all metaphoric language for, hey, get people ready for the coming of Jesus. You know, that that's a big job that we still have today. That our job as human beings is we don't save people. Uh, we're not the bridegroom that people need a relationship with. No, we're simply like John. We're the friend of the bridegroom. We're simply those that announce his coming. We're those that announce the fact that he is needed and that uh, his presence is imminent. Uh, we prepare the way of the Lord. And I think that's important as we speak to friends and neighbors and coworkers and loved ones that we understand that our ministry is one of preparation, helping to help people deal with the, the barriers that would keep them from Christ, answering questions, being a good testimony, declaring the, the efficacious gospel message. That, that's what John did as a voice crying in the wilderness. Remember, the Bible says at the end of the Old Testament that Elijah would come and turn the hearts of the children to the fathers and the fathers to the children and prepare a people for the Lord. Jesus said to his disciples when he came down from the Mount of Transfiguration that John the Baptist was that one who came in the spirit and the power of Elijah. Uh, when Gabriel gave the announcement to John the Baptist's father, Zacharias, he quoted that very verse to say, this is he that will fulfill that Elijah prophecy coming before the Lord to preach, to prepare, to point people to the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. So look at verse number four of our text. So John did. So here, John is the fulfillment of Malachi 3. There in verse two, he is the fulfillment of Isaiah chapter 40 and verse three there in verse three. So John did baptize in the wilderness and preach the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. So what is that? The baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Well, baptism 
uh, in the Jewish understanding was a ceremonial thing. To be baptized in Jewish religious life was to be cleansed so that one could enter the temple. They would go into these, what they call these mikvah, and they would go in and do a ceremonial dipping. That's what the Pool of Siloam was. It was a public pool where people could dip and ceremonially cleanse themselves before they went to approach God. So this was very common in the mindset of the Jew, but it was also very common uh, understanding that if a Gentile wanted to identify now, not as a Gentile, but was willing to to subscribe to the, the, the laws of Judaism, was willing to become, in that sense, a Jew, then he could become a proselyte, and the symbol of his new life would be baptism. He would be baptized into this new life. Uh, that old life, uh, what he entered into the water as that old person, but he came out a new person. That's why the, the mikvah, of Jesus day there were stairs that went down into the pool of immersion and then there were stairs on the other side coming out in other words you come out differently then you go in and so what's the point the point is John is preaching for some great change of thinking that's what repentance means repentance is the word metanoeo it means to to radically change your thinking And so John was saying, you need to think differently. As a prophet, he was saying, there is coming the Messiah, and you need to think radically differently about your own lives, about what religion has become, about who Messiah is. Remember, he's going to point at him as the Lamb of God. That would not be in the popular Jewish conception of the day. They would view Messiah as one that's going to come in and throw off Roman oppression and rule and reign. They wouldn't see him as a sufferer. They wouldn't see him as a lamb that would die and be sacrificed for sin. And so what was John saying? John was saying, you're going to have to think radically differently about yourselves, about Messiah, about all of it. And so John was crying in the wilderness, preaching the gospel and calling for repentance, the symbol of which was he was baptizing them. And wow, was his ministry popular. So popular uh, that the religious leaders of the day began to ask questions and actually express some jealousies. And we'll come back to that next episode because we're well out of time for today. So I hope that helps today. We covered uh, a few verses at least. We'll jump back into verse number five uh, next episode. Hope you'll join us for that. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.